Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today. I'm Darren Hefty. Brian's doing a little traveling today, but he's going to join us here in just a little bit. He's having a little fun uh, heading through TSA right now, I think. But uh, anyway, lots to talk about on today's program. We're going to be discussing tips for high-yielding corn. Now, I know what you're thinking. Hold on, Darren. Please, please don't suggest more fertilizer because fertilizer is really expensive this year. It is. It is. And I'll say this. Prices go up and down. And so we're talking about high-yielding tips for corn. And we're going to mention a lot of the same things regardless of if prices are high or low. It's just you have to run the return on investment calculator on everything you do every year. And I know it's a little bit of a pain and sometimes things don't change that much. And and that does make it a lot easier when things stay similar. Hey, corn's $5 this year. Corn was $5 last year. Fertilizer is 50 cents a unit for nitrogen, which seems like a dream right now when it's around a dollar. But you look at those things and if they stay similar, yes, you don't necessarily have to to spend a lot of time on it. You can just say, okay, economics haven't changed. I'm okay. But then again, you get a year like 2022 and you say, man, inputs are up, but man, if I can get more bushels of corn, it's worth so much money. And especially in areas where corn is at a deficit and you've got import corn. Oh my goodness. The basis levels are fantastic. So even though the price of fertilizer, for example, may be exceptionally high, it's still worth doing in many cases. And here's the other thing that, that I would say, we get the most benefit out of the first 80% of the fertilizer rate. So at least get close. Don't cut it completely. And I would say you're going to see some differences in return on investment. So that's what you have to look at. So when we're talking about getting higher yields in corn, I get it. Uh, it's fun if we could shoot for 300 when we've been raising 275. That would be wonderful to hit 300, but you have to make money doing so. That's the big thing. So as we're talking about high yield tips for corn, Brian, the economics are a little different this year. Certainly have to run the return on investment on everything you're going to do. But what would you say are the, the common things that, that when you talk to growers, hey, you could get better if you could do this? Okay, so sorry about all the noise in the background. I'm in an airport, but I would just say when you just made the comment about 300 versus 275, that's 25 bushel gain. You can sell corn right off the combine next fall for $5 cash today. So yeah, and better in some areas. Is $125. My point here is you already have paid for your cash rent. You've already paid, or land payments, whatever. You've already paid for your equipment. You've already paid for the labor. So what are we talking here? I, I mean, if I can gain 25 bushels and I got $125 potential gain, I'm certainly willing to do that as long as it costs me $50, $60 or less. So I'm just trying to say you could actually invest a fair amount in the crop. So a lot of people are talking about cutting back and I'm going, why? I know that some of these costs are up and I don't like it any more than you do. But at the end of the day, I got to make money on the farm and I don't want to cut things that are making me money. So anyway, I just encourage you, just run the actual numbers before you get emotional about stuff. Emotion gets us in trouble often. So don't be emotional about it. I know these, I don't like these input costs either, but that's just the way it is. We got to deal with it and let's look at what we can actually gain. So in terms of specific things, 
I'd say number one by far and away is fertility. You got to address the fertility thing. So today when I was talking to some farmers in Indiana, I just said, guys, you got to fix this K thing. Your K levels are too low. They're too low. You're going for 275 to 300 bushel corn, just like what you were talking about there. And, you know, all these guys are like, oh, yeah, I got 250, I got 260, whatever. But I had lodging. Well, of course you did. Get your K levels up. I, I mean, if I'm going for that kind of yield on my farm, I'm going at least 6% base saturation potassium. Six, not two. And sure, sometimes you can luck out and get high yields with 2% base saturation K. But even if you do, your stocks are spindly. So take any field that's 6 or 7% base saturation K like it should be if you're going for big time yield and compare on heavy soils, I'm saying, and then compare that to similar ground with 2% base saturation K and you will see it in the stocks, I'll promise you. And I don't care if we're talking corn stocks, bean stocks, wheat, anything, you've got to have superior stock strength if you're going to have those big time yields. Yeah, that's that's a huge one. The other one that I think about a lot is disease control. And we talked to so many farmers this year, Brian, that, oh, I had tar spot. That was a 30-bushel loss, a 50-bushel loss. We can't afford that this year. We just can't. No. And I know some of the guys yep. that we talked to, well, I sprayed a fungicide. Yup. What did you do for your second app or your third app? And and here's the problem. Trying to cut corners again. Ah, I got to call a plane in or I got to get somebody with a high clearance sprayer. Yes, you do. So line it up right now. If you're in those areas that had tar spot last year or really heavy gray leaf spot pressure, I would suggest using Zyway with the planter. I'd put it on with a Thrive 3D system or in a 2x2 two two like we've talked about. But then I'd also look at those foliar apps just before tassel. And then a, a couple, two or three weeks later, once we've um, fully tasseled and pollinated and so forth, get protection out there and layer it so you just don't have a problem. Yep. And then the other thing that I'll throw in, drain tile. And I know we talk about it all the time, and you may have this taken care of on your farm. But just think about it for a second. Do you need better drainage or worse drainage when you're going for higher yields and you have more plants out there? You can't choke out any plant's roots because every plant is important. And now when it's got higher populations, it's got to go deeper. Rather, it can't go sideways as much because you got all these other plants there. So it wants to go deeper with the roots. Well, that's never going to happen if you don't lower the water table and you've got to lower it early. Plant roots can go really deep, really early in the season. It's staggering to me where we'll have this tiny little plant above ground with a long root going deep down in the ground if the water table is low. So make sure you're doing water table management in your farm, on your farm. All right, lots of things we'll get into today, talking about tips for higher yields in corn, and many of those will apply regardless of what crop you're planting. So hopefully you'll find some nuggets here that you can use no matter what crop you're growing. Our phone lines will be open if you have an agronomic question at 844-44-AG-PHD. We'll be right back. It came in waves, ruthlessly eliminating the toughest, hard-to-kill grassy weeds in wheat. Everest 3.0 Herbicide, a new formulation, delivers superior flush-after-flush control of wild oats and green foxtail. And Everest 3.0 is registered for use on yellow foxtail, barnyard grass, Japanese brome, and key broadleaf weeds that can invade your wheat and rob your yields. Ask your retailer about Everest 3.0. Always read and follow label directions. 
Did you know soybean diseases like white mold and sudden death syndrome can survive in your soil even after rotating crops? Prevention of these diseases is a constant battle and yield loss from an infection can be devastating. The right management plan makes all the difference. Keep your beans safe with Heads Up Seed Treatment. Heads Up guards your seed from both white mold and SDS. Stay protected and profitable by asking your seed dealer for Heads Up. Learn more at HeadsUpST.com. Purchase your dream tractor and save your cash with can-do financing from Case IH. Save on the remarkably versatile Farmall, premium comfort Vestrum, and versatile workhorse Maxim tractors. Plus, discover amazing rates on high-capacity round balers and disc mower conditioners. Upgrade your equipment now and keep your cash flow strong next season. What's new from New Farm? Longbow EC Herbicide, the latest in our portfolio of versatile weed management tools, gives you another Carfentrazone option, taking aim at more than 60 broadleaf weed species. And did we mention economical? Longbow EC's low use rate makes it a flexible tank mix partner with most burned down non-selective herbicides. Ask your dealer for Longbow EC, available for fall. back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today, talking about tips for higher yields in corn. But many of these things are going to play out in any crop that you want to do. We talked about fertility. Well, of course, you got to get that right. We talked about disease control. You got to get that one right, too. Brian, of course, talked about his favorite drainage. If we don't have the right amount of oxygen in the soil, we just can't have good soil health. And that makes a huge difference. And then, of course, if you're going for big-time yields, there are some things you're going to do on top of that. We happen to have one of those big-time yielders with us right now, Kelly Garrett down in the state of Iowa. If you happen to see the National Corn Growers Yield Results come out last week, oh, my goodness, Kelly absolutely hit it out of the park. Kelly, congratulations to you and your family. Awesome, awesome results. Thank you, Darren. I appreciate that. It was a team effort, and you, of course, and the people up there at uh, Baltic, South Dakota, are part of the team as well. Well, you're very generous. Uh, I know this. Uh, you you don't just do those things overnight. You guys have been working on it for a long time, and uh, have been working hard at it. So what are some of those things that you say, okay, here are some of the things we put in place years ago that are now making uh, nearly 400 bushel dry land corn and 400 bushel irrigated corn possible? It, you know, your organic matter. Uh, and that, and that natural fertility that, you know, I don't like to use the term organic, but the organic fertility that we build up over time, you just can't take that much fertilizer and dump it out there and expect that to happen in one year. It really does take time to build the soil. But everybody concer- is concerned about fertility, and I think I learned more this year than any year, Darren. And if I had to give a tip to make my corn yields go higher that I don't think anybody else is going to give you today, it is to take the stress off the plant and to make the plant healthier. Those are my focuses for next year. Okay. I was thinking back when you said build organic matter to start off, and, and I know this is something Brian and I have literally focused our entire careers on and on our farm, building up organic matter levels to, to try to have 
uh, a, a home for the microbes, a place to store things like boron. We, we've been able to hold a pretty good amount of boron in our soils and sulfur, and I think that's a huge advantage. Well, you got all this whole next generation coming along in your farm, Kelly, and they're seeing some of the fruits of your labor and, and previous generations' labor here. Will they understand all the work that went into this to get you to this point? Uh, you know, they are out there every day with us, and I, I believe they will, especially my oldest son, Connor. You know, he's got the agronomy degree from Iowa State, and uh, he's all about it. Uh, and we're actually doing some different things with cover crops and no-till and, and biological things like that because of uh, his, his thoughts and ideas. Awesome. Yeah, that is that is really cool to have that new energy coming into the operation and uh, new knowledge and curiosity. I know we, we sure saw that in our farm when Brian and I got out of school and, and came back and, and started working with Dad on some new things and, and pushing him a little bit, which he liked to. He, he was he was grumbly about it sometimes. I don't know how you are, but he was a little grumbly, and we had to prove it out in the field first. And uh, when stuff yep. worked, it was great. When stuff didn't work, he sure let us know. <laughs> but, but it was fun. Yes, that's right. You know, this year we uh, used a lot more turnips and radishes in our cover crop. And uh, Connor has given me a talking to because I was all excited about the vegetation to turn the cows out on. And he says, I turned the cows out there too soon because we didn't <laughs> let them get rooted deep enough right away. So next year we're going to wait, believe me. Okay, that's that's interesting. Now, uh, here's the other thing. You, when you say that you've got the next generation out there with you guys all the time, what are you looking at in season? You mentioned taking stress off the crop, imp- improving plant health. I mentioned disease control and fungicide use, and I'm sure that's part of the equation here. But what are some yeah, of the other things that you're looking is. at? You know, there, there's products, you know, products that you have that I work with, Matt Thompson, Weather King, Heat Shield, NutraShield, things like that. We saw, we saw yield advantages with all of those products. And, and then, you know, then Eggerson, another extreme ag sponsor that we work with, we had some experimental products with them. I, I walked out there across the field with the agronomist in June, and it was hot and dry, and the corn was rolled up. And we got out there to the trial area, uh, Darren, and the corn was unrolled. It was not stressed. And I was so excited then to get to harvest and to see what that did. And in a high-yield environment, those experimental products added 10 bushel. And in a stressed area down over the side hill where there's a vein of sand, added 26.7 bushel. So I feel like the fertility piece, we're kind of getting our heads around a little bit, at least for the yield levels that we're at. And now we need to take the stress off the plant. And because we need to harvest sunlight just like we need to harvest moisture. Well, this year we harvested a lot of sunlight. And with the yields we had, I'd like to say we had adequate moisture. But in in some of those days when it was pretty hot, we need to have some uh, products. We need to have some tools in our toolbox to take the stress off the plant. I like a couple of things here that you've said too, Kelly, and I want to point out to our listeners. Kelly said earlier, I learned the most about fertility that I've ever learned this year. And then you hear Kelly talking about testing new concepts out on the farm and, and trying to find things that work and that, that help on different stressful areas of the farm. That's awesome. I, I think those are some real keys that my dad always talked about being a lifelong learner, that you can never stop learning otherwise you just well hang it up. And when you look at testing these new concepts and and getting that new blood on the farm and and getting your kids involved. Uh, I just think all these things are are huge advantages. Absolutely. That's true. 
I, I never want to stop learning. I always want to do my best. I'm always trying to get better. You know, you didn't mention you have to pick the absolute number one best possible hybrid. I, I'm sure hybrid selection comes in here too, but uh, it doesn't sound like you're blaming the hybrid for any of your problems or for not hitting 450 bushels this year. It's, you know, we got all these things going on here. It, it seems like you're looking at a lot of different things. I, you know, I think that a lot of seed companies have great seed. Now, a lot of seed companies have some numbers I wouldn't choose, but just about every company has some numbers I would choose. Uh, on one one of the contest fields, the one that did not win, we uh, we ended up at like 282 there, which probably got, you know, I didn't even look, maybe fourth, fifth, sixth, something like that in Iowa. And I knew, Darren, that to beat Francis Childs, and to, to make 443 bushel corn, I needed 953 kernels at a 35,000 stand, and I needed that to be 75,000 kernels per bushel. Well, we had a 35,000 stand, and there in June, we had 953 kernels, and I was very quietly excited about it, but I'm like, we've, got, we've produced the kernels, but we've got to hold it. And this is the reason that I've come to the theory, if you will, that we got to take the stress off the plant because we produced those kernels and then we had a week of 105 degree heat indexes and we could not hold it. It aborted. So we had enough fertility to put those kernels there, but we went backwards when it got hot and the heat indexes. And if I could have taken the stress off that plant, what could I have produced? Now, I'm not suggesting I would have beaten Mr. Childs, but I know I would have been better than I was. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like that you're looking at just breaking this down and it's the same with soybeans. We, we talked to a lot of fantastic soybean growers here too, that, that say, man, I got to put more pods on. I got to increase the size of each bean in the pod. I've got to hold three to four beans in a pod rather than two to three beans, all these kinds of things, rather than just saying, well, I need to increase my yield 10%. Well, how are you going to do that? And the, the most simple answers we hear are, well, I'm going to increase my plant population or I'm going to increase fertility. Uh, you, you've got to be a lot more fussy than that to try and figure the, these things out, especially when you hit yeah. yield plateaus. That's right. You know, and I know I threw in a lot of the numbers there, but the short answer is we produced enough kernels to maybe think that we had a shot at our goal, but we didn't keep the plant ha happy enough. The plant got too stressed in that hot environment to be able to hold what we had and to fill it out. And we've got to, we, we need to take the stress off. And the fungicide is another huge key. You're correct. Yeah, there, there are so many things here. So hopefully, if you're listening, you're taking some notes as, as we're going through this. But if not, you have to catch the podcast and listen to it one more time. Kelly, I, I just got to say this before I let you go. First of all, Merry Christmas to you and your family. And congratulations on just fantastic yield numbers. I know you guys want even more. I know you're going to work really hard to get it. But you got to celebrate this year. That's just amazing. It's been a great year, Darren, and I really appreciate it. And I appreciate everything that you and you, your family have done for us, my family, and Extreme Ag. And I want to wish you a Merry Christmas as well. You bet. Thanks so much, Kelly. Really appreciate it. There, there's so many things we could talk about when we discuss tips for getting higher yields. We'd love to hear your ideas as well. Our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. Heat, drought, wind, hail, northern corn leaf blight, gray leaf spot. If your corn is under stress, you are too. Get Veltima fungicide, swift activity, with fast payback, an expanded application window. Makes life simple, and it's the secure choice. 
with powerful residual for visibly healthier corn. Swift, simple, secure. Veltima fungicide. Call your BASF rep today. Always read and follow label directions. Veltima fungicide is not registered in all states. This message is for all the corn and soybean growers out there who aren't made of money. If you're using a fungicide other than Zolera FX from UPL, you should know that no corn and soybean fungicide gives you a better return on investment, period. Zolera FX has two high-performance actives delivered at full rates for maximum performance and ROI in corn and soybeans. To see the data, go to ZoleraFX.com and always read and follow label directions. Morton Buildings knows that great buildings need great people, and we want you to be the newest member of our team. Morton is expanding its construction crew, and we're seeking new and experienced candidates to fill our crew member positions. Morton provides great pay and training, so be a part of the next generation to build Morton. Don't let the opportunity to join the best construction crew in the business pass you by. Learn more on our careers page at mortonbuildings.com. How can natural products help you raise bigger and better crops? I'm Darren Hefty. In recent years, natural products have exploded onto the market, making claims of improving soil health and plant development. But which products will work best on your farm? Well, that's why we're devoting a full day to our first ever Ag PhD Naturals Workshop. It's Wednesday, February 16th at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. Our research team has spent years testing hundreds of natural products and want to share with you what we've learned. For more about this free event, go to agphd.com. The first name and last word in weed control in heavier, higher organic soil types is Authority Edge Herbicide from FMC. This proprietary combination of actives outperforms the competition, delivering up to 14 more days of residual control. Visit your FMC retailer or ag.fmc.com to learn more. Always read and follow all label directions. Authority Edge Herbicide may not be registered for sale or use in all states. What do you think of when you hear Palmer Amaranth or Water Hemp? If you use fierce herbicide in your soybean fields, you don't have to think about them at all. With two effective modes of action and up to eight weeks of residual control, Fierce takes on even the toughest weeds like water hemp and Palmer Amaranth. Take control of your soybean fields and get incentives from Bayer Plus Rewards when you choose the power of Fierce Herbicide. Talk to your local retailer today to put Fierce to work in your fields. Always read and follow label directions. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Thanks for joining us. We're broadcasting from the Morton studio today, talking about one of our favorite topics, tips for higher yields in corn. And I don't just want more yield. We really should say higher profits in our corn crop. And when we look at it that way, we want to return on investment for everything we do. So we we're just talking with Kelly Garrett, and I know Kelly looks at this too. He's trying to make money on his farm. And a lot of times you see guys that they get really high yields and they say, "Ah, oh, yeah, Kelly hit close to 390 bushel corn this year. I mean, it's just, it's an amazing number. And you say, oh yeah, but did he make any money doing so? Uh, I think 390 times $5 plus, yeah, I think he had some dollars there to play with. Um, I, yeah, I don't doubt at all that he spent more money trying to do that crop as well, but but his profit was good. And so don't think that it's just, well, it's all about, I'm just going to spend more money just to have a higher yield number show up. No, we want more dollars in your back pocket at the end. All right, got a friend, Dean Grossnickel with Syngenta on with us right now. Okay, Dean, so 
Kelly knocked out 390 bushel corn in Iowa in 2021. I, I think it's pretty amazing, but it couldn't have been easy. You guys had some tough growing conditions too, didn't you? Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, right where I live, I mean, from uh, the time I got my corn planted in April, April 13th till the mid-August, I only had five inches of rain total uh, in my rain gauge, and I still pulled off uh, 200 bushel corn on my, my little plots that I have down here. So, uh, I consider that tough. I was always crossing my fingers, wondering uh, where the, where's this yield going to come from. But it, we sure can crank it out now, uh, any days with these new hybrids and and uh, tools at our disposal. All right, I got a number of questions for you, and maybe you've got some ideas that you want to share too. So hopefully they'll they'll mesh a little bit here. One of them mm-hmm. that we've gotten a lot of questions on this year, especially out of the state of Iowa, but but certainly we saw it in the surrounding states too. Corn rootworm pressure was high. And many of these traits in the corn hybrids just aren't holding up anymore or or else they just got completely overwhelmed with the high pressure. I know there are some insecticide solutions. Talk to us about what you know. You've been in this game for a while and you've certainly seen a lot of different products. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, corn rootworm solutions are always, uh, you know, what we're trying to think of, and, and um, Syngenta has Force, Force Evo, Force 6.5G, is our, um, you know, corn insecticide that, that we can go with. Obviously, we, you know, like to protect that corn root. Um, I, I still like to use traded corn. Now, I know that's kind of a little bit of a, uh, the universities don't like that. They'd like you to use either a trait and then or switch to an insecticide, et cetera. I like to protect that whole root system regardless. I like that, that I have the insecticide as a backup to our trait packages and uh, to help keep that zone of protection, um, you know, all, you know, at least for till those rootworms are done uh, doing their feeding, and then that can protect that, that root mass to help put on that additional yield. So I like to tag team the trait with an insecticide to help give me that protection. Uh, again, um, that's just what I like to do because I think that gives you a well-rounded protection portfolio there. I agree with you. I like putting traded corn out and putting out insecticide and force is certainly one of our favorites, but I got two other things for you, Dean. Volunteer Mm -hmm. corn control and in soybeans and doing it earlier and also beetle bombing for years like last year or my (laughs) goodness there are so many adults out there and i know i had friends say oh darren it's a revenge kill i I don't care i know it's going to reduce the amount of bugs that lay eggs and that's got to be good for me going forward what what did you see yeah, so so a couple things. First of all, we'll go with the the volunteer corn corn scenario. Uh, that I think, uh, given the amount of volunteer corn that we saw last year, I do think that's going to play a little bit into our rootworm concerns going into this year. If you look at it, there was a lot of volunteer corn that we missed that first application. A lot of your grammaticides, whether it be fusillate or one of the clethodems, uh, there's an antagonism with that. Um, with the auxins. So ideally, I want to end up separating those those uh, products out from the auxin tank mix. I know everybody wants to save a pass, but really, if you split that out, uh, you're getting better volunteer corn control up front 
and especially if you do that early, you can eliminate that uh, that source for you know rootworms uh, as a feeding source for those rootworms. That's hey, going to play into our yeah. Could I could I just throw in one comment? So Dean said, separate your volunteer corn herbicide from your oxen, which would be your dicamba or 2,4-D. You know the Extendamax yeah. or 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 the different products that are labeled for Extend and for Enlist crops. Uh, correct. Correct. And I, I think if you uh, if you go that route, um, you, uh, those people that did that early had much better volunteer corn control, got control of it uh, early season, eliminated that weed competition, eliminated that rootworm pressure, and then uh, had higher yields in the end. So I think that's, that's one tip that uh, I'm going to recommend. Again, if you're going to, again, put those in a tank mix, I think you're going to have to look at upping the rates um, with those uh, volunteer uh, corn control herbicides in that tank mix with either dicamba or Enlist. Um, then your second question, um, uh, the other part of that, uh, you're talking about beetle bombing. Um, I'm kind of more on, on the uh, tact with what some of the, you know, the other guys going. It's more of a revenge kill. Uh, granted that, uh, But you aren't going to stop me, are you, Dean? You're going to let me no, take my revenge. I, I am going to let you take your revenge. <laughs> but, you know, the thing about it is, is, is timing on that. And as, as soon as we get uh, 20% of those females that are gravid and we go out there and uh, they're gravid, they're laying eggs. And the bad part about it is they can let that hatch is now so long and uh, and cover so many days. Our ability to uh, capture a majority of those uh, gravid females in a beetle bomb, that's becoming more and more difficult. Uh, Back when uh, we were growing up, uh, I think that was more of a, you know, more of an option. But now, you know, we have... um, you know, rootworm beetles hitting the cab of the combine when we're combining. And, and that just means that that hatch is so stretched out that we're doing some good, but I don't know if we're doing, you know, really what we we want to do. I think let's take that money. Let's put that into a, a solid plan of traits and an insecticide down pre. And that's how I think we would be best to protect our investment. Well, here's my thing. You were talking about trying to, to put multiple things in every time you're going across the field. And I know there's a lot of temptation for that some good some bad well one of the things that we're doing now more so than we ever have is spraying for disease control especially with tar spot and gray leaf spot and some of these tough diseases Uh, there are a lot of good products and one thing that i really like and you've been talking about this for a long time multiple effective modes of action on the fungicide too you've got some great products there yeah, correct. Um, I mean, I really think if we're going to start hitting these higher yield plateaus and have the consistency that growers are looking for, it really uh, comes down to with these fungicide and, and uh, plant health products like Miravis Neo or Trivapro, we have three effective modes of action. We have what we call two preventatives in there, uh, an SDHI which is very wax-loving, it's giving you that residual, and it's going to stick around uh, in there. And then you got the QOI, which has some systemic properties. That's our, like our zoxystrobins and strobilurins. And then we got the, the you know, propiconazole or the tilt to help knock out any diseases started. I really think that this new class of fungicide gives us the consistency that we were really hoping that we had back in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s, when the, you know, you know, fungicides, you know, were st- you know, coming on strong. 
I think we were hoping that we had them back then. Now we're, we're getting into these newer classes of fungicides. We're really seeing that consistency, and then that's paying off in the long run. Farmers are coming back to it because they are seeing that consistency, and that's really adding more bushels to the bottom line. I like what you were saying earlier, you know, um, you know, so Jenna's tagline is better yield is the better deal, and, and it, I think it kind of uh, fits in with your message there that, you know, as we're striving for things, maybe we don't necessarily look at the costs associated, but are we getting the more yield? Are we getting the output, the production that we need uh, to pay the bills? And um, really when we hit those better yields, we get uh, we may end up making more money in the end. So. Absolutely, that's what it's all about. We're talking with Dean Grossnickel here with Syngenta. You can tell the passion in Dean's voice for uh, improving things on the farm. Dean, we really appreciate having you on. Merry Christmas to Thank you and your you. family. You too. Talking about tips for higher yields in corn on today's program, we'd love to hear what you're doing to strive for higher yields. Our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. Weeds rob you of yield potential, so rob them of the chance to grow with powerful corn herbicide solutions from Corteva AgriScience. Weeds won't know what hit them, but you will. Because you can count on all the top corn herbicide products, including Resicor, SureStart 2, and Keystone NXT, to effectively control weeds, you can spend less time worrying about unwanted yield-robbing plants and power on. Learn more at poweroverweeds.com power. Keystone NXT is a restricted-use pesticide. Winter is here, and that means it's the perfect time to improve your farming operation by attending Ag PhD's winter workshops and clinics. Hi, I'm Darren Hefty. My brother Brian and I are hosting a bunch of free workshops throughout January and February, with each event focusing on different subjects that all help you make more money on the farm. On January 11th, we start off with a wheat agronomy workshop, followed by two days dedicated to understanding soils and cutting fertilizer expenses. Then on Monday, January 31st, we're dedicating a whole day to drainage and the benefits of tile, followed by our corn agronomy workshop on February 1st. Finally, we'll be discussing soybean agronomy on February 15th, with the next day fully devoted to learning about one of the newest developments in increasing yields across the country, natural and biological products. We have a lot of great information on how to improve your farm, and we can't wait to share it with you. Best of all, all these events are free, so be sure to check them out. Learn more and register at agphd.com. Looking to upgrade your productivity now and take control of your cash flow next season? Check out Can Do Financing on Case IH Tractors and Hay Tools today. Discover amazing rates on the remarkably versatile Farmall, Premium Comfort Vestrum, and versatile Workhorse Maxim Tractors. Plus, save on high-capacity round balers and disc mower conditioners. Make this season your most productive yet. Boost your productivity and profitability with Soil Warrior from Environmental Tillage Systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and your yield potential in just one strip-till pass. Now that's ROI. Contact us today at SoilWarrior.com.
Conditioning low moisture beans to 13% can add semi loads to your bottom line. And with our 13 for 13 year end special, make 13% beans possible with 13% off an end zone bin system. Use promo code 13 for 13 at farmshopmfg.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Thanks for joining us today. Talking about tips for higher yields in corn, and our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD if you have an agronomic question or if you'd like to share some of your tips. Let's head down to East Central Iowa. we got Nicole Steckline out with us right now with DeKalb Asgrow. Nicole, thanks for joining us. Hey, not a problem. Glad to be here. All right, lots of stuff to talk about here when you think about things you can do to get even better yields in corn. And certainly you get to see a lot of fields, you get to work with a lot of farmers and a lot of seed dealers out there. What do you see as as some easy tips that you'd say, man, a lot of folks would benefit by just doing this or just doing that? Getting back to the basics. Um, I, You can be somebody who puts on fertilizer every single year, um, but if you aren't watching your removal, then you might be lower than what you think. And in a lot of cases, you know, if I've got issues with a field, once we start looking at soil samples in a lot of cases, we're like, oh, we aren't as high on potassium or on phosphates as what we thought. So, I mean, if you can get back down to the basics and make sure that you have all your fertility in place, that's when you can start capitalizing on some of these extra inputs like your micronutrients and your fungicides and things like that. We get a lot of questions about hybrid selection, and I know there are always things changing. This year seemed to be a big, heavy rootworm pressure year. It was a, a new tar spot year for some guys who hadn't seen that before. In some areas, it was worse than it had been. Some, it wasn't as bad. What are some of the things that you would look at as you're picking hybrids out with guys this winter? Yep. So as I'm picking hybrids, first thing I want to look at, you had mentioned rootworm, is should I be planting beans instead of corn? Um, in so many of our cases what we can do best for ourselves is just rotate, break that cycle. When it comes to rootworm, you're going to have really good beans that first year if it's been long-term corn. And then that next year, you're going to have lower input prices. um, And you're going to have really good corn that next year as well, just because you've broken up that cycle. So the first thing you should probably look at is, should I be planting soybeans instead? Um, And then the next thing is, you know, we've got a new trait coming out. um, And then, have you done your scouting the year before to know what you have for rootworm pressure? Should you be using an insecticide, something like that? Um, we've got the Smart Stacks Pro coming. We've got it available in very, very small amounts um, this year. Um, but so far, it's looked really, really good as far as a way to get back away from insecticides, throwing a new mode of action in there, keeping us away from building more resistance to the traits that we have. Yeah, it's, exci- um, it's exciting. Stuff, Actually, Nicole, talk about that Smart Sex Pro just a minute. It, it is pretty exciting. And I, I know a lot of growers that we've talked to uh, happen to see it in a demo here or there. And a lot of, lot of talk in the industry around that one. Is that a refuge in the bag product for this year? In the first year, I know there's been some challenges with some of these traits with Mexico and all the things going on. Yep. So there's, there's the refuge in the bag with that because like all the other traits, you know, we have that refuge in there to help with resistance. Um, and what, what's really cool about this trait is that, you know, with it being SmartStacks Pro, it's still going to have those two BT traits that are in there with SmartStacks. 
but we're adding that third brand new mode of action. So everything that's on the market today, no matter who it's from, all work off of the same premise where those corn plants are expressing a BT protein and that protein pokes a hole in the insect's stomach and those insects die from sepsis. It's just depending on the traits, that protein is just structured slightly different, but they all work on the same premise. The pro part of SmartStacks Pro is working on the genetic level of that insect. So it works completely different where it is keeping that rootworm from manufacturing a protein that it needs to live. So you've got those BT proteins working in the background, making it die from sepsis, but then you've also got this other mechanism going on. And so it's working in a completely different way, which, I mean, I'm in East Central, Northeast Iowa. We need, we needed this five years ago. Yes, absolutely. Well, kind of like with Extend Flex soybeans, and I know we're talking corn today, but yeah, we needed that a few years back to have more modes of action to fight some of these tough weeds. Uh, Nicole, you gave us a lot of stuff here to think about in just a very short amount of time. I, I like your, your start, though. Get back to the basics, and so often uh, there's just some of those basic things that we think we've got under control, but it's really good to take a second look at them. Hey, Nicole, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on today. Yep, thank you. Uh, let's head down to Texas. Get our friend Reed Abbott with AgroLiquid on right now. And Reed, that had to be music to your to your ears to hear Nicole say, you know what? we got to look back at how much fertilizer we've removed with some of these big yields. We may not be where we thought we were if we don't do a good job soil testing. That's absolutely right. Yeah, high yield uh, management, it, definitely you have to take a look at everything. And, and as she said, get back to the basics. All right, so uh, I was talking about this earlier in the show, that if you're raising, say you're raising 275 bushel corn and you want to get to 300, sometimes farmers think, well, I just got to dump more fertilizer on and I'll get there. But it's not quite as easy as that, is it? Not not all the time, that's for sure. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously we always take a look at those NP and K numbers, but when you're striving for those super high yields, uh, many other things start to become limiting, like a lot of your secondary and micronutrients. So, Again, like you said, taking that soil test and, and really digging deep uh, at things that you might not have ever looked at before uh, is going to be going to be important in making sure that everything's in balance. All right. So with AgriLiquid, I know you work with a lot of things right at the planter. And for me on corn, I think about the flex that I've got on some of these hybrids and how they can add more girth or add more length. If I've got all those nutrients available early in the season, I always see a difference on our farm. But some farmers say, well, I don't know if I'm going to to put the infurrow or put the starter time fertilizer out there this year, I think they'd be making a big mistake. What's your, what's your opinion on that? And what's your experience shown? Sure. Yeah. I mean, every, every year we see the same thing on our research farm and at, uh, and in trials across the country. I mean, um, you know, when you're talking about a little plant coming, coming out of the ground and germinating, I mean, there's just not a whole lot of root system there. Uh, you know, not not much capability of taking in nutrients at that time, but there's a whole lot of things going on physiologically in that plant that's signaling how big that ear is going to be, you know, whether that's girth or length or whatever. Uh, you know, it, it it makes a difference to have that nutrition there and up front and ready, ready to go for that, that young plant to take advantage of. 
Now, the the next step and and something that we've been talking about on our farm is is a side dress application and split applying the nitrogen and and some of the other nutrients. We like to put sulfur on a little boron on at this time as well. How do you make side dress work? I know you work with guys with center pivots. I know you work with dryland guys and everything in between. Have you found some tips there in terms of that mid season application and getting a good return? Well, everybody's got their their own cultural practices and own uh, you know time frames that they're working at in season. But we certainly do see an advantage to uh, side dress application or multiple side dress applications, uh, and in particular those nutrients that you talked about, the nitrogen, sulfur, boron. You know, those are all ones that leach uh, and and become less available as that season moves on. If you put everything or most everything on up front, so. Uh, spoon feeding that crop as we go through the season is is very important. Um, I know 360 does the Y drops and and uh, guys have utilized those uh, to great success in in certain areas. Um, you know to just try to get those nutrients as close as they possibly can to that that root zone mid season or right there where that plant's uh, interacting with the soil. Um, but there's there's plenty other uh, very comparable. Uh, methods to putting out side dress applications throughout that season. So uh, if guys aren't doing that and they are looking to, you know, make that next jump up and yield, that's certainly where I would uh, begin from a cultural practice standpoint, you bet. All right, everybody's always asking about secret products. I'll give you two of mine that, that I know you're familiar with, Reed. I like Furterain if I'm doing a little bit of foliar work, and I really like Micro 1000 with so many different micronutrients in there. That's what I've been using at planting time. Tell me about uh, Furterain just real quick. i got about 30 seconds left. Have you seen the same thing I have? It's been really good. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, when that plant starts to kind of – shift gears and go over to reproductive uh, growth phases, um, we see that the kind of combination of nutrients in that fur rain, I mean, it's a 12-3-3, got a little sulfur, it's got a micronutrient package in there. It just seems like a good balanced shot in the arm for, for that crop uh, at a critical time there, uh, you know, again, right as that crop's entering that reproductive time zone. So, and back to, uh, you know, back to what Kelly, to, what Kelly Garrett had said earlier too, it's just, if we can take a little stress off, we can make that corn plant feel a little happy. That's a good time to do it. Uh, we're talking with Reed Abbott here with AgriLiquid. Merry Christmas to you, Reed. Thanks for being on today. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. What do you think of when you hear Palmer amaranth or water hemp? If you use fierce herbicide in your soybean fields, you don't have to think about them at all. With two effective modes of action and up to eight weeks of residual control, Fierce takes on even the toughest weeds like water hemp and Palmer amaranth. Take control of your soybean fields and get incentives from Bayer Plus Rewards when you choose the power of Fierce herbicide. Talk to your local retailer today to put Fierce to work in your fields. Always read and follow label directions. You can count on AgroLiquid for precision crop nutrition. When you don't get all your potash down in the fall, when weather or market prices change your management strategy, or when you want to balance your fertilizer program with micronutrients, AgroLiquid is ready with the products and application flexibility you want for in-season crop nutrition and the research-proven results you need. AgroLiquid. Apply less. Expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. What can you do to build a better wheat crop? I'm Darren Hefty. On Tuesday, January 11th, we're holding a free Ag PhD Wheat Agronomy Workshop at the Morton Center on our farm near Baltic, South Dakota. We'll be discussing how you can make your wheat crop more profitable by going in depth on topics such as crop protection programs, 
seed treatment options, fertility requirements, and ways you can make your crop more resistant to stresses like drought and disease. We'll be covering all this and more, so don't miss the Ag PhD Wheat Agronomy Workshop. Sign up today at agphd.com. And while you're there, check out the other Ag PhD events we have coming up in January and February, including agronomy workshops in corn and soybeans, two days dedicated to soils, plus a whole day devoted to natural and biological products. There is a lot of great information here, and we can't wait to share it with you. To learn more about these events and register, go to agphd.com. We now bring you an important news bulletin. This just in from Live Action News. Innovation has come to the world of burndown. New Elevore herbicide controls your toughest weeds, even glyphosate and ALS-resistant weeds like mare's tail and henbit. Talk with your retailer about Elevore herbicide today and ask how you can start elevating your burndown. It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio. And we've been talking about tips for higher yields in corn. And mainly so far, we have focused on what are some things in the field you can do to eliminate bugs, eliminate disease, uh, fertilize better. All those things are really important. And, and we talked with Kelly Garrett about, hey, let's go back to building organic matter. Let's take stress off the crop. We got all these cool things that, that we've thrown out. But we saved Tony Wendler for last. Uh, Tony is our, our friend. He was, he's with Farm Shop MFG. Works on a, a lot of different things. Tony's an inventor. He's a creative mind. Uh, but one of the cool things he's got is bin fan controls that I wanted to focus on today. But, Tony, you're going to tell me there's a lot of other things, a lot of other cool things you're focused on to get higher yields for corn. But I just think about if I could harvest early, I don't have that phantom yield loss. I don't have shelling or shatter or eardrop at, at the time I'm harvesting. I think you can make a lot more yield by having bin fan controls because you could harvest sooner. What? Where did you want to start with higher yielding corn? Well, the uh, I'm going to touch bin fan controls, and I'm going to hit uh, one on getting rid of the rubber tires in the back of your planter. Okay. The uh, uh, the bin fan controls, you know, I talk with a lot of guys, and, and we just talk about the, the moisture. And there are a lot more people looking at, having the fans just run uncontrolled and over dry in the bottom and the impact that can have. And to me, it's easily 10 to 20% of that bin is being adversely influenced by over drying the bottom. And it's pretty easy to knock three points out on a, uh, on a 10,000 bushel, excuse me, a hundred thousand bushel bin. That's 10,000 bushels uh, with uh, three points of moisture. That's a, that's uh you know, it's a lot of dollars, three, 4,000 bucks. You know, it's uh, it's yield, just like you're saying. It's weight at the end of the day, and it's going to add up if you don't take care of it. 
No, no doubt about yeah. it. And then, then I think about years where there's been carry in the market. If you can store grain safely because you know you've got it in condition, uh, you eliminate losses, spoilage, all those things. I, I mean, to me, the peace of mind by knowing I've got things good in the bin, uh, that's a big deal because I know we don't think about our bins enough. And too often I've talked to farmers that say, oh, man, I didn't check the bins for a month and I went out there and there was a bad surprise. So th- those are important things. Uh, all right, all right. You can talk to us about the planter, Tony, because I know you want to talk about that as well. Hey, you know, one of the big things that, that came out, there's been uh, some long, a long-term research project looking at closing wheels and their performance. And they came out in the last couple of years and stated that the implications it will have on your production are so significant, they listed it as number one on the most cost-effective uh, thing you can do to improve yield. High-performance wheel like our Germinator uh, would rank up as much as 5.1 bushels per acre average as compared to a rubber tire. And on the downside of uh, changing out those wheels, the poor performers were down there around 3 bushels per acre. So you look at the, you know, the smartest thing anybody can do if you've got rubber tires in the back of your planter is take them off and start using them for dog throw toys. The... Uh, Getting a, uh, a wheel back there that can close that furrow, give the seed to soil contact, and then the big impact is not only get all your seeds up, but get them up evenly. And the, you know, if you start looking at a 24-hour, a 48-hour delay on the emergence of a plant, pretty soon you're growing weeds. So those are significant impacts. And... Uh, and the other thing that comes with that is also get off your tractor seat and go back and uh, dig behind your planter. Oh, Take a no look doubt. at what you're doing. No doubt. That and, is a that is a big deal. Well, and I look at this, Tony, and maybe you think of it the same way. I think when we have autonomous equipment at some point that, they, well, we still may have a person riding on the machine. It's going to allow you to check things a lot better. I just think it's going to allow your best operator to not have to be on the machine. Now you can be out digging more and seeing what's going on. Because you know, talk about these Germinator closing wheels. When when we had wet years, guys were super happy with them. But we've had some dry springs now, like last spring, and they worked fantastic. So what's the difference? Because that's a challenge. A lot of guys say, I, I can't find a closing wheel I like in wet and in dry conditions. But it seems like you might have one here. The Yes, uh, thanks for saying that. The uh, What occurs, I'll talk about the dry year. With our inner shoulder, that extra rim that we've got in there, when the spikes break that sidewall, and physically what they're doing is squirting that dirt to the center. So it's, it's coming over the seed, but it's loose like any of the other spiked wheels out there will create. But ours then has that inner shoulder that uh, has that firming band that firms the soil back down on the seed, and we're creating a firm vein of soil down there. In a dry year like we've had here, if you get that, that soil firmed on the seed and you're firming it to the soil below, the moisture is wicking up and nourishing that seed a lot quicker than you're going to see with some of the other products. And it was really a positive this year. Uh, on, the, uh, on the wet years, you got the spike destroying the sidewall, getting rid of the sidewall smear. Uh, all the implications and negative implications that can have. And then we still have the firming action of that inner shoulder also. So it's that one, two of the, uh, the spikes um, breaking the sidewall, squirting the dirt in, 
and then that shoulder rolling right on top of it to firm the soil down on and give it us that vein of uh, firm soil. All right. So a lot of times when we talk about something new like this, Tony, and, and certainly the Germinator closing wheel is not like it's brand new. It's been out for a little while, but there are a lot of guys that haven't tried it yet. How do you recommend going about doing some of these things? So we were talking earlier with Kelly Garrett about just doing trial work on your farm, trying new concepts, testing them out. And I agree with you, getting out behind the planter and digging is a great way to see what things are doing. Do you, do you suggest a guy split the planter and try it on a few rows or try it on half the planter or how do you normally see guys test this out well there's there's several different ways yes if you uh if you've got some uh concerns as to what's right get a wheel or two of whatever you like and put on your planter and big picture maybe get your planter out early i've got a guy down in missouri who wants to get uh, some wheels and uh, take them out here yet in january february uh, they're not frozen down there Drag them through the dirt, go back and dig. Look what's taking place. See what kind of action they're creating to uh, make your decision. On the other side of it is that uh, sometimes you say that it is difficult for me and my conditions to do on-farm research. I don't have the controls. I, I don't have the uh, abilities to do it correctly, measure the results accurately. At that point, then start going out and reading good quality research and Follow what's going on. Again, the, the thing is, look at good quality research. Are they applying statistics to it? Uh, are they making accurate comparisons? And start following their lead as to what you need to do. Yeah, there's a lot of good the, information out there, and Tony's given us a couple of couple of topics here to take a look at. And, and one, and this is new to me, uh, Tony, because I don't think about what a big return on investment it could be just from simply changing out closing wheels, but a five bushel gain versus the rubber tile the rubber tire type uh, closing wheel system, that's a big deal. I, I know talking to some growers last year, they said the rubber tire really only works for me when it's dry. That's it. <laughs> if, it's, if there's any amount of moisture, it's just not working that good anymore. Five bushels is, is wow, that's, that's big time yield. That's big time difference. You start looking to uh, the cost of these products, we're replacing the whole thing right down to the bearings. Uh, you only need 10 acres per row to pay for a, a set of wheels. Wow. And after that, you're making money. Yep. Yep. That's for sure. Well, Tony, hey, we got to run. We're running out of time here, but wanted to wish you and your family a Merry Christmas. And thank you so much for, for all you do for us. We really appreciate it. Thanks. Merry Christmas to everyone at Ag PhD. Talking today about tips for higher yields in corn, and certainly we went through quite a few of them on today's program. Uh, we will continue to talk about this throughout the year because this isn't just, hey, let's make more yield. It's let's figure out how to make more money on our farm. And, you know, when we hear from Nicole Steckline talking about getting back to the basics and just looking at how much fertility you're pulling out of the soil, make sure you're at least putting that much back into the soil, if not more, if you can afford it. Uh, talking to Kelly Garrett, he, he just made the comment to get 390 bushel corn. It wasn't that he could put on so much fertility. It's that you had to build up the organic fertility levels in the soil and build up organic matter and, and just over a long time try to build things up. It, it puts your soil in better condition. Tony Wendler was talking about just the closing wheels on the planter and paying attention to what kind of seed to soil contact you're getting to get even emergence and get that kind of early stand and, and performance that you're looking for. 
for, and then feeding that crop along the way and protecting it as we discussed on today's program. There, there are just a lot of things you have to do right if you want to be super successful raising corn or any crop. Well, thank you so much. I, I know that was a lot to throw at you. Uh, again, check out the podcast, listen to the show again if you wanted to, to hear any of those guests or, or hear any of those ideas one more time. Thanks for listening to today's program. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.